for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Okay. Uh, some of you um, may or may not be aware that when we're not here on Sunday, um, we're having what I call church with our Jewish friends. It's really not church, it's a whole lot of other stuff. Uh, but generally, it's down below in Palm Beach County. They have um, different <laughs> lectures and meetings and things of that sort. And um, uh, Wendy and I have been uh, privileged and uh, chosen, really, by the Lord to minister to our uh, Jewish uh, brothers and sisters down there. And uh, we just we do that by serving them. And um, sometimes that serving is um, um, quite a challenge uh, because um, some of the, thank you, my brother, um, in, in the, specifically two of the organizations that we, uh, we work with are secular Jewish organizations, uh, but they're headed up by um, women, females, who were kind of executive directors, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, one thing that's uh, very, very unique about these uh, uh, Jewish women, they all have uh, kind of the same uh, spirit. That is, um, their uh, patron saint is uh, Saint Jezebel. Some of you got that, some of you. Okay. A patron saint is... Um, no, Jezebel is uh, <laughs> a controlling spirit, okay? So it's just a joy and a delight to be working under these controlling spirits. <laughs> and if it wasn't <laughs> um, for Hashem, um, there's no way <laughs> it could be done because... Um, they are just outright obnoxious <laughs> times. <laughs> but bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, anyhow. <laughs> I want to talk to you a little bit about giving this morning. Yeshua himself said, it is much, much better to give than to receive. Amen? Now, I don't know how many of you, having come through this season of giving, this uh, Christmas season, even the Hanukkah season. Oh, I could talk to you about that <laughs> very briefly. See, we give, um, we give Christmas gifts on uh, generally Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, and, and there's great joy about it, etc., etc. Um, but the Jewish heritage, uh, going back to Hanukkah, is there are eight days of Hanukkah, and there are eight days of giving. Mm -hmm. So don't think you're so smart just by giving once a year this time. <laughs> the Jews give eight spe separate times. So their kids really look forward to Hanukkah. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, uh, but the point of the matter is, one of the things that I, I really enjoy at Christmas time it's not the receiving, but the, the, uh, the, the giving. Uh, the giving is just a, such, a, such a real uh, blessing. And, and Yeshua himself here has said that truly it, it is better to, uh, to give 
uh, than to receive. Uh, one of the things I learned, and it took a Holy Ghost revival and a brother by the name of Rodney Howard Brown to teach me after many, many years um, following the Lord and, and um, walking in his footsteps, is that living, I'm sorry, giving is, yeah, giving is a living. Giving is a lifestyle. It really is. It's not just a, a question of going into your pocket or a question of writing out a check, but it's a question of looking for opportunities to bless people. And how many of you know people need to be blessed? They really do. And they need to be blessed by people of God who are Holy Ghost filled, Holy Ghost inspired, Holy Ghost motivated, the Spirit of God living in them, coming forth out of you, out of you as a gift to them. So this whole business about giving is really, really a very, very interesting, challenging uh, part of who we are as believers, really. And, and I know for so long, um, going back into my past, before I became a giver, I thought I was being a wise man by being very judicious with my giving. You know, watching where I gave and how I gave, and mostly watching my own bank account. Okay, that was my stinking thinking that I was being smart about uh, finances. There never seemed to be enough to go around. Okay, but once I got released to become a giver, there was a freedom, a freedom, freedom that I never experienced before. Now, I want to leave you with one other thought about giving, and that is this. I don't know how many of you realize it, but each and every one of us have got a heavenly bank account. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bank account in heaven with our names on it and a bank account that is accumulating, that is, it is growing every time that we give. How many of you knew that? Some of you, good, I'm glad. Today, all of you should know that, all right? Because how many of you believe we're in the end times? So we have a short time to go. So really what we need to do is double up or triple up or quadruple up on our giving. Well, you want to get as much into that account as possible because that's an eternal account. That's going to last a long, long time. Okay? So this morning, I just wanted to share those couple of thoughts with you. Uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to do just that this morning. That is, give as unto the Lord. Amen? How many of you are excited about that? Come on now. How many of you are excited about that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, if the ushers would come forward with the wheelbarrows, please. We're going to take up an offering. And Lord, we're thanking you today in advance for what you're about to do in each and every believer's life, that as we come forth and give of ourselves, Lord, we know that we're planting seed, seed into fertile soil, seed 
into soil that will produce an abundant harvest. So we thank you today for that opportunity. We thank you for each and every giver. We pray blessings upon them in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen, amen. and amen. amen. Bless the Lord. Well, give and give freely, give, give willingly, and most of all, give cheerfully. Amen? amen. Hallelujah. 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 Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. I have to chuckle a little bit because um, this week in particular, uh, Wendy and I were at uh, uh, actually three meetings. And um, in, in the Jewish culture, if you like, or in the Jewish uh, tradition, and you'll understand this um, as you read your Bible because Yeshua himself talked about it, and that is when people come together in the assembly, okay, all of these seats here in the front row are choice seats. And they cost to get into them. Okay? So therefore, Becky, I was wondering today if you and Pastor could... But what happens, what happens... <laughs> <laughs> and you know this is so uh, contrary to who we are and to who to what we're accustomed to isn't that right because Yeshua says the best seat in the house are those seats back there that the benders are taking up right now okay because they're in the last row there and they're holding up the wall there by the way no uh, but those are the best seats uh, best seats in the house when, when you go to shul or, or into a synagogue, everybody wants to sit in the front row. The only way you can do that <laughs> is, is to give. <laughs> so here we are at, at the Kravis Center. How many of you know the Kravis Center in West Palm Beach? <laughs> you know, you've got to wear your best clothes and your best underwear and all that kind of stuff to get into the uh, uh, Kravis Center your aftershave lotion. Yeah. Um, and so Wendy and I are sitting in the very, very last row, in the last two seats, uh, because we had some stuff to do before the meeting uh, started. But um, we were kind of smiling and laughing, because we could see everything just as well as those people that were up front, you know. But they all paid thousands of dollars to get into the, uh, the front row seats. So that's why Yeshua talked about uh, going when you're in the synagogue, where you're going to sit, and who's jockeying for position, et cetera, et cetera, and where the best seats in the house are. Okay, okay. So um, um, I'd like to share with you today uh, regarding uh, spiritual gifts. A uh, pastor has been um, uh, preaching and teaching on this, uh, particularly uh, before Christmas. So if you would turn with me into 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 12.
and verse 1. And Paul starts out by saying, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now that word sounds kind of strong, perhaps, but really if you were to define ignorant, what it means is not knowing, not having the information, not, being, not having been exposed to, in this case, what is called um, spiritual gifts. So why does Paul say that? Simply because, as an introductory statement, he says, I do not want you to be ignorant, therefore, I'm going to teach you. So, listen up. And this is what he does over the next three chapters. He teaches the church about spiritual gifts. So, pastor has done that, and I'm following up on that uh, today, teaching about spiritual gifts. Then down in um, uh, the same chapter, verse 7, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says, Now to some the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the common good. Pardon me? Oh, to every man. Oh. I must be in error then. So, to every man, does that mean to each man? Each and every man? Really? Every man and woman. Every man. I should say. Okay. So, repeat after me this morning. That's me. That's me. Now, turn to your partner, turn to your neighbor, and say, that's you. So God is speaking to each and every one of us today. Each and every one of us, God says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given. Why? For the common good. Where's the common good? The common good is to those who are going to be exposed to the Spirit those who are going to be prophesied over, those who are going to be healed, uh, those who are going to receive a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, etc., 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 which means the entire assembly, okay? Now, I'll go one step further. I will tell you this, that those gifts will travel with you as well. Hello. That means not only will they be blessing people here in the assembly for the common good, but as you take those gifts with you out into the mission field, those manifestations will become alive. Okay? And I'll give you some examples of that. Well, I'm going to give you an example right now. Um, several years ago, uh, Joni and I were on a trip down to the Fort Lauderdale area. Uh, we're driving down the road, and we're looking for a place to eat. And uh, we pull over into a, uh, a diner, a large, large diner, a lot of cars. It said, I said, God, the food's got to be good here. 
okay. <laughs> so we pull into the diner and uh, we get seated and the waitress comes over like she does, can I help you, glass of water, blah, blah, blah. And she no sooner turns around and leaves when Holy Spirit drops into my spirit a message for her. Now, never met this lady before. Don't know who she is, where she comes from, etc., etc. But I had to step out in faith and trust the Holy Spirit. Well, when she came back to take our order, I said to her, uh, what's your name? And she told me her name and Sally, whatever. I said, uh, Sally, do um, you have a son that is quite a, quite a way off, separated from you, and you're concerned about him? Uh, and this look came over her face like, <sighs> and I said, well, I, I just, that's the case. Yeah, I said, Sally, I just want you to know that God says that uh, he's got your son in his hands. And so you don't have to be concerned about it. You don't have to uh, worry uh, because he's in hands of the father. And she said, oh, my God. Oh. I thought she was going to have a heart attack in, in front of me. You know, I said, not this. Take it easy now. Everything's cool. You know. She said, yeah, but you, but you don't understand. I, I, I went into a church uh, just yesterday uh, and, and prayed, and I lit a candle. <laughs> you know, uh, bless the Lord. I mean, that was her way of petitioning uh, the Father, okay? And so I, I understood that, but I was, a, I was able to kind of uh, comfort her. And then as we talked... A little bit. This is kind of like the icing on the cake. Where do you come from, Long Island? Oh, really, where on Long Island? Oh, out towards the Hamptons. Oh, really, we're in the Hamptons. She was attending. At that time, I was pastoring Living Water Full Gospel Church in Stewart. She was attending at the time one of our sister churches out in the uh, Hamptons, Living Water Full Gospel Church. Okay. So I got on the phone, and I called a pastor friend of mine, and I said, hey, guess who I have here? And I was able to hook them up together. And I, I would like to tell you there was a happy ending to the story, but I really don't know what happened after that. But you know what? I did what the Holy Spirit wanted me to do, okay? It took a little bit of chutzpah. Um, that is a, uh, another a Jewish word for nerve or guts or courage or whatever, whatever. But... Hey, this is what God wants. This is what, what God wants. Praise the Lord Yeshua. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Okay, so each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Um, the King James says uh, to profit withal, or which really means to benefit all of the brethren in any shape, form, or another. There are basically nine spiritual gifts or grace gifts that are given. They are broken down into three categories. I'm not going to go into detail because this is another teaching in and of itself, uh, perhaps for another time. But there are what, what is known as the revelation gifts that is the gift of knowledge, the gift of wisdom, the gift of discerning of spirits. There are the vocal gifts, which are uh, prophecy, 
diverse tongues and interpretation of tongues. And then there are the power gifts, faith, healing, and miracles. Now, let's go into 1 Corinthians 14 again, and starting in verse 2, the Word of God says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit, in the Spirit he speaketh ministries. Now, I've found over the years that there is some confusion, particularly not only with new believers, but with people who have recently been baptized in the Holy Spirit and received their heavenly prayer language, the gift of tongues. The Bible talks about here in the grace gifts that I just uh, mentioned to you earlier, divers tongues. Divers is an old English word basically meaning various tongues. So we need to understand that there are different kinds of tongues. For the most part, and again, without going in great, great detail, for the most part, there are tongues that are of a private nature or a prayer nature, and there are tongues that are of a public or a corporate nature. That's the one we're going to focus a little bit on this morning. But before I do, uh, talking about private tongues, I just want to remind some folks, and I always do this before I minister the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I speak to the, generally speaking, new saint or uh, newly converted saint, or at least someone who has not been exposed to the manifestations of the Spirit before, and I merely ask them one question. I say to them, have you ever tried to pray and been distracted? And guess what the answer is? Almost 100% of the time. Yes, of course. How many of you have tried to pray and been distracted? Oh, I got to walk the dog as soon as possible because otherwise something's going to, you know, I'm going to have an accident around here. Oh, my pet goldfish has not been fed today. Oh, if I don't get the pet, my pet goldfish. Um, and I think she was pregnant because, you know, I mean, all sorts of stuff. All sorts of stuff comes when you decide to pray. All right? You know why? Because when you pray, you pray as I'm speaking to you today in English, and you're praying out of your head, out of your mind, thoughts that come to you that are just natural. We speak to ourselves all day long. Really? Come on, you know that, don't you? We speak to ourselves all day long. So the question is, how are we going to stop speaking to ourselves long enough that we can start communing with God? Well, you do that through tongues. Because tongues does not go through the head. What is that? I don't even understand what I'm saying. If I wait long enough, I can get my own interpretation. But for the most part... There is no understanding. And this is what the Word of God uh, says here. 
okay? So when I pray in tongues, I pray out of my spirit man, which is right down here, where in my belly, where rivers of living waters flow and come out through my tongue, okay? My head does not understand. That's a good thing. Because our heads sometimes get us into so much trouble thinking and stinking and stinking and thinking and just getting confused sometimes. Whereas when we pray in the Holy Ghost, when we pray in the Spirit, we pray Spirit to Spirit. And the neat part are, is two things. There can be no distractions and there can be no interruption by the wise guy because he doesn't know what's going on in the Spirit. You understand? So we have an advantage. So we need to take advantage of that advantage as often as possible. And so when you pray in the Spirit, that's exactly what goes on. Okay? All right. Now let's, re let's leave the private realm and go into the corporate realm. We probably have not heard this as much as we should, simply because there's pretty much one big loudmouth that gets up almost every Sunday and prophesies in English, okay? And we all say, oh, that's it. Well, that's only a part of it. The, path, the, the pastor is prophesying pretty much every time he preaches. Why? Because his word's coming forth, and it's doing what? It's edifying, it's building up, it's encouraging, it's uh, uh, comforting uh, the people of God, okay? When I get up and prophesy personally to a person, the same process takes place, all right? But there is another form of tongues public tongues, if you want, divers' tongues, different tongues, that the Holy Spirit wants to use each and every one of you to use or to be a part of blessing the body of Christ. And I want to tell you something. It's really a lot easier and a lot less risky than actually prophesying. Why? Because when you get up or sit down and you start to pray in tongues audibly by the Holy Ghost, I'm not talking about praying, I'm talking about getting a, a word in your spirit man that comes out your mouth in tongues. It's a foreign language. No one knows what you're talking about. <laughs> You can get away with almost anything you want. I'm saying that in a jocular sense, okay? Because what the scripture goes on to say here is there needs to be an interpretation, which means you do your part and someone else in the body of Christ does their part and puts the thing together and now we got something that spiritually makes sense. Do you understand, okay? Now, personal testimony. Many, many years ago, when we first walked in to a spirit-filled church, 
down at um, Howard Johnson's Motel in Stewart, Florida, down the road, okay? <laughs> Sat down the second Sunday. Something strange started to happen to me during praise and worship. I got this, these heart palpitations. Boom, 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 boom. My mouth started go. It was like I was trying to swallow a bowl of feathers or something, you know. And the pastor, who was a mighty, mighty man of God, spirit-filled, came out the second Sunday this was happening. And he said, there's a man here. See, he was operating through another one of the gifts. He had a word of knowledge. And he said, there's a man here who is hearing from the Holy Spirit right now. And he needs to open up his mouth and let it come forth. And I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. I, I just couldn't wait to get it out because it was in and it needed to get out. Okay? And lo and behold, two minutes later, someone came across with an interpretation in English for the rest of the body to understand and to be blessed by, okay? But it was kind of like a team effort. Do you see what I'm saying? That went on for maybe two or three years. I would either get a word of knowledge for healing or I would get this tongue in the assembly. And uh, by the grace of God, uh, at the time, the lady sitting next to me often would have the interpretation. So it truly was a, a, a team effort or a team ministry, okay? But I want to encourage each of you this morning. We're going to um, uh, give you some time after praise and worship. There, there'll be hopefully a time of... Uh, and there generally is a time of uh, a pause, if you like, okay? That's the most ideal time for the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Why? Because in praise and worship, what have we been doing? We've been praising Him. We've been glorifying Him. We've been adoring Him. We've been giving Him honor and glory. Amen? Amen. And so guess what? Now He wants to talk back to us. You see, All right. through diverse tongues and prophecy and words of knowledge and words of wisdom, etc., etc. I would pray, I would pray, I need to check with, my, with the pastor here, but I would pray that there might be a, a, a service where we wouldn't have any uh, actual prepared message, but the Holy Ghost would give us messages. Wouldn't that be awesome? Obviously, the best thing would be some of each, okay? Some word, some Holy Ghost manifestations. But each of you, I know, each of you who pray in tongues can speak out in tongues in the assembly just by opening your mouth when you're moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, anyone can get up and just start rattling off in tongues. And there's only one or two cases that I've seen over the many, many years I've been walking with the Lord. 
where that has been a kind of an exuberance that just came out of someone, but the person in leadership said, thank you, brother, thank you, sister, let's go on. That was some Holy Ghost excitement or exuberance or, you know, just an excitement. You felt like you had to do something. It was not spirit-led. But this is a way for those of you who feel like you want to manifest what the Holy Ghost has in your life for you to get started, to get started, okay? Your only, your only obligation, so to say, it's not an obligation, but your only leading is to open your mouth and to pray forth or to speak, to speak, truly to speak in tongues. And I can use the word speak here because what you're going to be doing is you're literally going to be speaking the oracles of God, even in tongues. There will be sometimes inflection. There will be sometimes a, a, a period, you know, just as though you, were, you, the, you know, the Lord was speaking. And then the interpretation will come. Don't worry about the interpretation if you know that you're being led by the Holy Spirit. I don't want to frighten you, but if all, all else goes awry, the Lord will give you the interpretation. Ha, ha. Won't that be fun? <laughs> so you'll speak out in tongues, and then you'll speak out uh, prophetically as the Lord would um, direct you. So Paul says um, um, in verse 5 here, I would that you all spake in tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Okay? Now, how many of you have received a prophetic word and been edified? That is encouraged. Okay, wonderful. How many of you have been edified or encouraged when one of your brothers or sisters received a prophetic yes. word? Aha. Uh -huh. Do you see how that works? Yes. You see how that works? So God may have a personal word of prophecy for you, but at the same time, he's going to be blessing all of your brothers and sisters as well. The main goal here, as Paul says, is that the church may receive edifying. The uh, Bible says, I believe it's uh, back in, in uh, Hebrews, forsake not the assembly of the church. Why? So that you may come together and be encouraged, that, that you may uh, be uh, edified. That's what it's all about. It's very difficult to get edification out there in the world. Isn't that right? That's right. I mean, people are, you know, driving you off the road. Uh, uh, people are, uh, you know, giving you certain uh, uh, signs and wonders with their fingers, you know, that uh, bless the Lord. Um, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff 
okay? So when we come together as a body of believers, uh, we, we, don't, we don't need the stuff. What we need is, is to be uh, edified. And that's what, that's what the pastor does week after week after week. He edifies the body of Christ. He's a shepherd that feeds the flock. Good stuff. Amen? Good stuff. Good stuff. And so that's what the rest of the body... See, see really what, what, what the Holy Ghost wants... He doesn't want just one pastor. He wants a hundred pastors, you see, who are flowing in the gifts of the Holy Ghost and who are flowing so that these manifestations can flow through them all the time. It's awesome. Yeah. Now, just a couple of little things about prophecy specifically. Um... Um, we, we need to understand that personal prophecy is not prophetic words that are given out in the parking lot or even in the back room or something without, without proper uh, order. That is, one of the pastors or elders being there and certainly not on a one-on-one -on -one basis. There should always be at least two witnesses or more. One of the things that we do here uh, all the time is when a prophetic word goes out, we record it. Why is that important? Because sometimes in the emotion of the moment, a lot, a lot is lost quite honestly, you know. I mean, sometimes it's, it's hard for me to remember, you know, what I had for breakfast this morning. And, and by the time you leave here and go home, and uh, did he say this, or did he say that, or did he talk too quickly or too slowly, or, you know, so what do we do? We record the word. And when the word is recorded, I personally have spoken to a number of people about taking that word home and getting it into your computer, typing it out, a hard copy, and putting a hard copy in your Bible or someplace where you can read it on a regular basis because the prophetic word is important and it should not fall to the ground. Amen? It's as simple as that. So, one of the things that's we, that we need to look at here uh, when we're operating in this realm is that one of the gifts the spiritual gifts that God has given to each and every one of us, particularly those who have received the baptism, is the gift of faith. And that gift of faith runs through every one of the spiritual gifts. That is, you need to step out. You need to venture forth into an area of the unknown. Da 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 da, da 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 da. But before long, the unknown becomes known. And you know, we all have a fear of the of the unknown. Why? Because it's unknown. You see, but once the known becomes a part of who you are, you know, some awesome, awesome things uh, 
can come to pass. Another personal testimony, many, 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 many years ago, um, we were out at, um, I just uh, purchased the Century 21 franchise, and we were out in um, um, California uh, going to school uh, for Century 21. And so uh, we were relatively close to a place called Melody Land, and this was the, the uh, Bible college my pastor had gone to at the time. He told stories about Melody Land and uh, about the, the pastor at the time, Pastor Wilkerson, and how he handled spiritual gifts and how he was a taskmaster. He wouldn't allow anyone to prophesy unless they came up and spoke to him first and told him what the word was, and then he released them, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and the reason for it was that the, um, the assembly was, was in the round, and it was almost like it was a, almost like a football stadium, okay? Um, and, and, and there was like seating for a thousand at a given time. Didn't always have a thousand, but there were four or five services, and he did all of the services. And California being California, you know, even the church is filled with uh, Fruit Loops and Fruit Cups and other versions of uh, whatever. Yeah, flakes and flukes, and yeah, yeah, the whole, the whole nine yards. So he wanted to be sure that if, when someone came up that there were. So he told me this story 28 times. Well, anyhow, we decided to, um, uh, to go to the church, and boy, it sure was. Boy, you walk in, and you know, you're, you're seating up on, a, up on a row, and we were probably back up about 15 rows, and the pastor was down a little bit lower. And it comes a time for praise and worship, and it was wonderful, wonderful praise and worship. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me and gives me several words of knowledge regarding healing. And I go, you got to be kidding. I ain't speaking out in this place. I know this guy is a taskmaster. I, I know all about him. My pastor told me about him. And, and, and uh, he, he doesn't know me from a hole in the wall. And he's going to shut me down quicker than Jiminy Quick. There's, there's no way. And so the time came and the time left. Well, as soon as the time left, whew, I, 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 the Holy Spirit just did a number on me. And all I did for the rest of the service, didn't even hear the message, was repent, repent, repent. Father, I promise I'll never let that happen again. Father, I promise. Father, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise. So the pastor finishes his message. I've never seen a pastor do this before. He finishes the message and he says, okay, what else? What else? And it was like, okay, okay, I got it, I got it, yeah. And I walked down to the front with my knees in fellowship with one another. <laughs> you know, rocking and a knocking. 
you know. And I go up to him and I say, uh, uh, Pastor, um, you, you don't know me, but I'm an elder in a Holy Ghost church in uh, Stewart, Florida, and I have s several words of, of uh, knowledge of healing for the people here. He says, oh, you do? I said, yes. He says, well, go around and give it. <laughs> give it, yeah. So I give several words of healing, someone that had a pain in the back and someone that had a leg problem and someone that had, you know, different, five or six of them. And so he, said to, he says to the people, after I ran back to my seat, he says to the people, okay, you heard the Holy Ghost. You heard the Holy Ghost. Those of you who have that ailment in your body, stand up right now. And sure enough, people all over the place stood up. And he said, okay, now I want you to start manifesting your health by doing whatever it takes, bending over, jumping up and down, running, walking. And people all over the church started to do all of those things. And I looked around and I said, wow, duh, can you imagine? <laughs> okay, so I make that point to say to you, you this, this is home, this is family, and you know, if you want to make a mistake, the man of God, the women of God are not going to condemn you, they're not going to beat up on you, they're not going to ridicule you. They may say, if you're really, really out from left field, uh, brother, sister, that's, uh, that's uh, cool, but you probably had a little too much pepperoni pizza last night. Um, just cool it out, chill. Um, but for the most part, that will not be the case. You know this man, how he operates in love, okay? Uh, so there is a, a, a spirit here, a freedom here, freedom so that you can, uh, you can do as the Holy Ghost leads you to do, all right? Now, how do you know it's the Holy Ghost? Well, close your eyes, focus on the Lord, and say, Holy Ghost, is this you? <laughs> Duh. It's, that's, it's really that simple, because the Word of God says how many of you uh, fathers who are, you know, want to beat up on your kids, uh, you know, and, and, and give them a, a I'm, I'm paraphrasing with great liberality now, and give them a, um, a stone instead of a fish, how much more so you who ask the Holy Ghost? You see? So as we ask the Holy Ghost, he's almost required to respond to us. Isn't that right? Yeah. And so if you say, if you hear yay, then go for it. And if you say nay, then wait on it. Okay? But if the Holy Ghost is prompting you, prompting you, you'll know it. You'll know it. Some of you have had those promptings, and you've squelched them. We're just being family here, right? We're just being open here. But what I'm saying to you this morning is there is freedom. There is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, yes. 
where the Spirit of the Lord is, where the Spirit of the Lord is. Is the Spirit of the Lord here? Yes. Amen. And therefore, there is freedom. Amen. And so you are free to err. I don't think you will err, because when you hear from the Holy Ghost, you're going to know that you know. Now, let me just share a couple more scriptures with you. Oh, I still have an hour or so. Great. <laughs> Bless the Lord. <laughs> don't you dare leave. Okay. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians 14 and 37. 1 Corinthians 14 and 37. If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. Whoa! So what Paul is saying here is this entire chapter, 14 and 13 and 12, that he has been teaching on spiritual gifts, he calls them commandments of the Lord. That's pretty strong, isn't it? That's pretty strong. That means that's what, you know, God means business here. He's not just suggesting that we operate in the gifts, but he's telling us, hey, you've got to operate in the gifts. And I've given you the gift of the baptism, so what else do you need? Okay? Now, one other thing. When God in his word speaks to us once about a subject, even as this word here that I just shared with you, he means business. You better heed it. If he speaks to us a second time or a third time, you really better pay attention. So listen carefully now. Turn with me again, 1 Corinthians 12 and 31. And this is not a suggestion, saints. This is a command. Earnestly desire spiritual gifts. That word earnestly there in the Greek is the Greek word zelo. Z-E-L-O-O. Does it sound like anything that you've heard before in English? Yeah. Like what? Zealous. What does it mean to be zealous? It means to be a fanatic. It means to be bonkers. It means to be really, really excited about something. So when the Lord says something, speaks to us here about spiritual gifts, and he says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, it's something that we should be looking forward to every single day. And I'll tell you, once you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, that is the gateway, the gateway, because why? You have received power from on high. Your gift of tongues, your private prayer language, is a supernatural gift. 
It is actually a sign and a wonder of who you are and the power that indwells you. Stop and think about it. Does anyone else out there speak in tongues? I mean, by golly, half the church is not speaking in tongues and they think we're crazy. So what God has done when he has given you that gift is he's implanted a supernatural grace within you. Next. Again, 1 Corinthians 14 and 1. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, especially that you might or may prophesy. Here we go again. Prophesy. And the third one, 1 Corinthians 14 and 12. Since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Here we go again. God is saying, I want you to prophesy. I desire for you to prophesy so that there may be not just one or two that do this on a regular basis, but so that there would be many of you. I think I can speak for pastor, and I certainly speak for myself. Please, please do everything possible to put us out of business. I, for one, would not be at all, at all affronted. I, I would be thrilled, thrilled, absolutely thrilled to see other people prophesying, operating in the gift of wisdom, operating in the gift of knowledge, operating in all the gifts. I would tell you that right now. And quite frankly, quite frankly, with Wendy and I, with the charge that's upon our life and, and uh, the fact that we will are traveling now, we're going to be traveling more and more uh, frequently. Um, somebody's got to pitch hit. Somebody's got to fill in the blanks. And let it be five or six of you. Go ahead, I dare you. Make my day. <laughs> Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Um, 2 Peter 1, verse 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. This whole business, dear saints, is a move of the Holy Ghost. So don't think that what you're doing, you're doing on your own, because you're not. You're doing it because the Holy Ghost is moving upon you, and the Holy Ghost is empowering you. See, this is just a confirmation of the power that's already in you. There's got to be a manifestation. Yeah. 
And there are manifestations, it's just you're not walking in those manifestations because of fear. Fear. What if? What if I make a mistake? What if I make a fool of myself? What if what I speak is not blah, 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 blah? The enemy will put every, every myth, every distortion, every deception into your mind. But in the meanwhile, the Holy Ghost is speaking to you, and you must, must listen. And when you do, you're going to see, you're going to see, Some things happen that are going to blow you away. But they're going to blow away those to whom you are ministering as well. Amen? Amen. Put a disco two on, please. It's disco time. <laughs> Bless the Lord. Good. Uh, Juvie, would you stand up, please, just for a minute? Juvie. for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.